Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. You boys shout amen. I bless y'all with that revelation right there. I feel, I ain't going to say no, I'm going to keep right on going. Y'all know, y'all know you've been in church a long time. And when you hear the preacher say, shout amen, I just shout amen. You know, amen means so be it. So Lord, let it be boring to me, Lord. Amen. So be it to me. That's good. I love it. I was literally telling somebody this morning, you know, as a, as a preacher or pastor, you can just stand up and make up a word and usually put ism on the back of it and people will shout to it like it's good. You know, I can say, I feel an aspidacious anointing and people are like, oh, wow, power, power. We don't have to just made up a word. It's crazy. American church right there, boy. Like, oh, thank you, Lord. How many of you guys were here last week by show of hands? So most of us, most of us. I'm going to try to continue down that same path. I got a ways to go and a little bit of time. My wife's already texted me. Hey, remember what time it is? I was like, I'll be done normal time, 1230, babe. We're good. Um, 1230 uh, from the eastern part of the world time. We'd be good, babe. Um, If you brought your instruction manuals, let's look up. Let me open this thing here up. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, 9, and 10. I'm going to read that probably from the ESV. And then we're going to look up Matthew 16, 18, and 19. I'm going to read that from the Amplified. Okay. Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10. This is Jesus Christ talking. And as soon as Katie puts it up there, I'm going to read it to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. So Jesus says, when you pray, go ahead and pray like this. Our who? In where? Not Howard be your name, but Howard. You ever seen that video? Little boy was like, his name is Howard. No. Hallowed or sacred or holy or set apart be your name. Next verse. Um, He says, your kingdom come. Now remember, he's teaching disciples how to pray, what to believe for. Your kingdom come. Well, where is it? Right now, currently, where's the kingdom? It's Jesus in context in heaven, but you want to pray that it come from heaven and that God's will in heaven would be done in the what? Earth. So on earth as it what? Watch this. On earth, just like it currently is in where? Or on earth to the same degree as it is being done in the heavens. Look at Matthew 16, that next one in the Amplified. This is so good right here, by the way, the next one. Matthew chapter 16, I think it's whatever, 18, 19, Katie. Matthew chapter 16, 18 through 19 says this. Jesus says, and again, I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my what? My church. Now, he wasn't talking about like the rock he was standing on. He's talking about the revelation that Peter just gave. And that revelation was, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the rock. Jesus wasn't building this church on Peter. 
not cussing Peter. No, sir, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't, not that Peter, right? He wasn't building this church on Peter. He was building this church on the revelation that he gave him, Peter. And that revelation is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the gates of Hades or death will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of Christ. Next verse. Man, this should be a refrigerator verse. I will give you the what? Remember that from last week? Pretty powerful. I will give you the keys or the authority of the kingdom of what? Heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper or unlawful. You can read it this way. Whatever you find to be improper or unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, which is permit, declare lawful on earth, will have already been that way, next verse will say, in heaven. You ready? Let's dive in. Father, let your word speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been talking about just being captivated and what made the early church so captivating. And as of last week, we began to talk about just miracles and just their desire to watch this, to walk in love toward people. Their desire to embody kindness. Their desire to embody compassion. Their desire to, out of that compassion and kindness, to heal people, to see supernatural activity. Most people that call themselves a Christian haven't really done much supernatural stuff or seen supernatural stuff in their whole lives. But remember, I tried to draw a line in the sand last week and let you know, it is, it is supernatural to buy a man a hamburger if he needs a hamburger and he's hungry. That's supernatural, right? It's supernatural to buy a man a coat or a jacket if he needs one. That's supernatural too. But, I, I, but listen to what I'm fixing to say. But people can do those things who don't know Jesus or love anybody. So what is the dividing line in the church? If you take the miracles in Scripture out of Scripture, we have another holy book. There's some great stories in the, in the, in the Quran. They just don't have like miracles like that. There's other holy books on the planet, but they don't have the miracles like that. Jesus actually said, if you don't believe me for what I say... Or what's been said about me. All the prophets before me that spoke of me. If that isn't enough. If you don't believe me for what I say. Or what's been said even about me. Then hey no big deal. Because there's been a lot of other holy men. That were good teachers. However. If you don't believe me for what I say. Then at least believe me for what you see me do. Because you see things coming out of my fingertips. That didn't come out of nobody else's fingertips. Because prior to Jesus, how many other people took their thumbs and wiped blindness out of people's eyes? Prior to Jesus, how many people made a road on the sea? Just, I can't, you know there had to be some savior swag happening when he did that, right? Everybody say this, miracles should be normal. Say this, of all sorts. If you're taking notes, write this down. We are supposed to be naturally supernatural. Man, 
I've never met him, but he's helped me tremendously in life since 2005. His name is Bill Johnson. He leads a ministry called Bethel out of Redding, California. And I read a book. Um, I'm about to take some men in this church through some journey through some of this book, but I read a book from him in 05 that it just didn't change how I lived as a Christian. It changed how I lived as a human being. And it was called The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. And it messed up my life in the best way possible. But he talks about some of these things in that book. But we're supposed to be naturally supernatural. Watch this. And we're supposed to be supernaturally natural. Let me give you a little bit of a, a little a, a cheesy illustration. I got up to do my hair today, and I, didn't do, I couldn't do it the way I did it last week just because it wouldn't lay right. Everybody say lay right. That would make, make a great name for some hair product. What are you using your hair? See what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, if you, if you go and start doing that, I just want royalties from it. Lay right. But I'm doing my son's hair in the mirror. He's like, I like my hair yesterday, that on pictures. I was like, okay, I'll do it again. And I'm trying to do it, and I, I had nothing but a comb and some water. Because I don't know if ladies get bedhead, but guys, we get bedhead. I mean, I get cow licks in places that haven't been licked, like just, just crazy. Uh, so does honor. I have a horrible one right here, and I'm trying to comb his hair, and it, and it just wouldn't lay right. So I wet it, put some water on it, and I'm still trying to do it, and it just wouldn't lay right. So I said, hold on. I ran to, the, to the, my bathroom, and I came back, and I, I brought some what? I brought some product. <laughs> Opened it up, and I put it on my hand, and I smeared it around, and I put it on his hair, Cameron, and I just... And I did that, and I took that comb, and, I, and it just, and it laid right. His hair, he already had hair. <laughs> I had a comb. I was doing what I could do with what I currently had, but it wasn't working. But I got some outside help. I got some product from somewhere else and put it on his hair. Watch this. And then his hair did what I wanted it to do. What would it look like for us to understand and live every day as if we actually had help in our lives? That the Lord would, we would walk in such a way with Jesus that, that we actually walked in a confidence that we are anointed people. We're not anointed to sing songs and give sermons. Listen, we're not anointed to do better church services. Hoping that people come to a church service. We're anointed. So, you know, whether you're my wife that works at Dale, you're anointed to do that. On your Zoom calls, you're anointed to be an auto mechanic where people bring their cars to you. You're anointed at the, I don't know, at the restaurant where you work. Or you're anointed as, as Kalen does when he's training people in the gym. You're anointed for all of those areas. And in America, we have taught people Maybe not directly, but indirectly that the anointed people are people that preach and people that teach and people that do things in church and people that lead worship. When the truth is we're all Christians. Christ literally means the anointing and his anointing. We're all anointed ones. We're Christians by, by title. We're anointed people. God has never had a problem getting earth to heaven. People die and go there. What happened? Earth just went to heaven. If you're in this room and time should allow, in the next 100 to 120 years, none of us will be here. If you didn't know that, I bless you with that revelation. We're leaving. And honestly, that's not bad news. I have lost the fear of death. I talk to my kids about me dying actually on a weekly basis now. 
They, I think they've kind of got a, you know, dad's going to leave one day. It's going to be amazing. And I'm going to meet you there. But we're learning the gospel. But it's a, why should our kids be afraid of that? Oh, God. Anyway, we're going to stop believing the Bible and believing the gospel eventually. But as I, as I teach my kids and I talk to them about these kind of things, I recognize that God doesn't have a problem getting earth to heaven. He wanted a guy to come there one time. He sent a whirlwind in a chariot and picked him up. Peace out. We're like, whoa, that's crazy to me, right? And earth went to heaven. There's several incidences like this happening in the scripture. God's bigger problem, Jesus didn't say pray that earth comes to heaven. Jesus said pray that heaven comes to what? Let it happen on the earth as it is where? This is the dilemma. This is the issue. God, through wisdom, gave birth to the ecclesia, the church, now a many-member body of Christ. And now the reality of heaven can come to the earth, but it only comes, watch this, through sons and daughters. If we don't know we're sons and daughters, though, then is heaven still heaven? Yes, but does it come to earth? No. All right, so we got to make it practical enough to say, I, I want you to know, I want to put a weight of responsibility on your shoulders so that, watch this, so that you can be the representative of Christ where you work, where you live, where you shop, where you eat. I don't want you to bring people to hear me speak. I want them to hear you speak because you're anointed. You are a Christian. God lives in you. And you're supposed to be supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. So God doesn't have a problem getting earth to heaven. The real problem is getting heaven to the earth. So Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. Our Father, our Abba, our Papa. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom, let your will be on thee. How? As it is in now. Everything we need is in heaven. I think I told this story last week about a young lady that um, said she had this crazy visitation before church service. And she, uh, she didn't even know this, but they were going to ask her to be one of the people that, that, that were praying for people that day. She had a person come up in the prayer line that did not have a kneecap, like no kneecap, like walking like this, could not have been there, like no kneecap. Like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I, not, I, I was very vulnerable last week with you about my own pride for not being able to do things and pride for being able to do some things. What do you do when somebody walks up to you Maybe you're in Walmart and they have this impossible situation and they want you to pray for them. Boy, you know what? To be honest with you, we stand, watch this, remember this last week? We stand more in awe of the issue of a person than we do the power of Christ. I'm going to tell you something to always ask yourself in an impossible situation. What would happen in this situation if Jesus were standing here and they came to Jesus? And then see yourself as a person whom the Spirit of Christ lives in. Can I throw something? I just want to throw something. Because Jesus is not going to fly from the heavens and say, hold on, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming out. Let me take it. No, I'm in Aaron. No, I'm in Alyssa. Jesus. 
Jesus. Now, if I had an organ, I could preach this, and you'd be going, ah, no, I want you to get this. I've shouted over more stuff in church behind organs and lived nothing after it because the whole deal was making the preacher look good. No, I want you to know that Jesus lives in you. It's always been the heart of the Lord on earth as it is in heaven. Let's go back to Genesis, Eden. It means the place of pleasure or paradise. Literally, a man of the earth was made of the earth, but a spirit in him that came from God would meet with his heavenly father who was coming from the heavens and heaven was meeting earth in Eden every single day. And that's what mankind was meant to live in that reality until a separation happened. Essentially, there was no separation. The first verse in your Bible, in the beginning, God created the and the, notice they were connected at the hip. And all the way through the Bible, you see these verses, heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth. God says, I want to remove the separation between the two. The way I do that is educating my children, not just by biblical verses that you memorize. God trains us and teaches us not just through scripture alone. We need the word of God, but by way of experience and encounter. Listen now. So Jesus says here, Matthew 6, 10, this is the heart of the Lord on earth as it is in heaven. God wanted the values and the culture, the principles and the reality of his world to come to the earth. But he didn't want to have to come to the earth and do it. He says, I'm sending you. Remember the word apostle literally means sent one. Everybody say apostle means sent one. That's what it means. So what would happen is, is remember this, if, if, if the kingdom of Stephen would come and, 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 and fight the kingdom of Joshua and the kingdom of Stephen overthrew the kingdom of Joshua, Stephen would not come and kill everybody in my kingdom. Instead, what he would do once he conquered us, he would leave all the teachers in place. He would leave, you know, the courthouses in place, all that stuff. Stephen would then send an apostle or apostles from his kingdom to here, which now is his kingdom. So when he came and took us over, he didn't wipe everybody out. What happened is his, his kingdom, watch this, expanded. And even though he wanted his kingdom here, he himself didn't come to do it. He sent apostles on his behalf that thought the way he thought. They did politics the way he did politics. They did justice the way he did justice. They did education the way he did education. And they would come with ships. And then they would go and teach, take all the teachers from now his kingdom, once my kingdom, and they would say, now when you teach, teach this way. Now when you teach politics, teach this way. Now when you talk about family, teach this way. So that what was happening were the values of this kingdom were coming to this kingdom, although, watch this, the king of the kingdom never left his actual throne. But he sent apostles or sent ones on his behalf who thought the way he thought, thus could act the way he acted. Do you not know that the scripture calls you and I ambassadors of Christ? Come on. An ambassador for America that is in, I don't know, somewhere in South Africa, maybe Pretoria. When he speaks to their government or their leaders, he doesn't say, you know what? I'm, I mean, I usually speak on behalf of America, but right now let me tell you my opinion. No, when he speaks, he speaks on behalf of the government where he came from. Do you understand that people that want to encounter God do not have to come to a church service? They need to only meet up with one of his representatives. 
Look, this is so good, it'll work at Popeye's. I know it works at Chick-fil-A, but I'm telling you, this works at Popeye's. I have proven this time and time again. It works at Home Depot. It works at Lowe's. Come on, it works at Ace Hardware. It works at Walmart. It works at Crest. It works where you buy your shoes. It works wonderfully at them all. Ask me how I know, and I got stories for them all. I can tell you, it works. Do you not understand? You're not only a walking ambassador, you are a walking embassy. Listen, listen, Matthew 16, 18 through 19. Katie, put that up there again, amplified. Everybody say keys. Keys. Say keys mean access. Access. Keys mean function. Function. Say authority. Authority. Remember, if I give you the keys to my house, I'm giving you access to my what? House. Not only do I give you access to my house, if you have a key to my house, I'm not just giving you access to the door. Access to the door only opens the door. But when you open the door, you then can function in or access everything that's in the house. So Jesus says, behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. This is crazy. Of heaven. This place here that wants to come to your world, I'm giving you keys to it. So I'm giving you what? Access to it. I'm giving you authority to it. Don't keep walking to work when I've given you the keys to a new car. If you do that, we're just ignorant. And I feel like a lot of times us as believers, myself included, I've been giving keys to Abba's house, but I'm not forbidding anything. I'm not judging anything improper or unlawful, nor am I loosing or permitting or declaring anything to be lawful. Why have keys and not use them? I should have brought my keys out here. Have you seen my, I got keys. Have you seen my car? I got an amazing car. Have you seen my house? I got an amazing house. And don't use the keys. In church, we shout over keys that we never use. American Christian, I'm right there. Don't shout over the keys. Show me how to use the keys. Use the key. Somebody say use the key. Come on, use the key. Listen, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, Cameron was in Texas and he asked me, him and his wife, would you go to my house and pick up a package from me that Amazon is delivering? Yes. They said, would you put it in my apartment? Yes. I needed a key to get in his apartment, but I also needed a key to get through his apartment gate. Listen to this. So I go to his apartment. They have a gate on the outside. Jesus said the gates of Hades are not prevailed. He has a gate outside. That gate is meant to keep people out of the apartment complex that don't have access to it. I want you to hear this. There are lots of doors in the Bible. Keys work for doors. Keys work for what? Doors. I'm going to tell you something. You can't stand at a door and say, in the name of Jesus, open. (laughs) Because doors don't move by way of blood. Doors move by way of what? I'm going to say it again just to offend the religious people. Doors don't move, Aaron, by way of blood. They move by way of what? Keys. Jesus didn't say, I give you my blood, now whatever you bind on earth. He said, I give you keys. And whatever you forbid, it shall be forbidden. And whatever you permit, it shall be permitted. So if I went to Cameron's house... And I couldn't get in 
but he had a nice gate. I can stand there all day and say, I plead the blood open, and the gate's going to be like. So I called Cameron, and he said, you know, when you go up to the little box, you're going to hit this button. It's going to call me, and I'm going to give you access to it, or I can give you a code. I go to the gate. I put in the code. Watch this. And the gate opens. Actually, that wasn't supernatural. I just approached it with the right tools that was given to me. Somebody could be standing at this and going, oh, he spoke, he spoke and the gate opened. No, I, I put in the code. I put in the code, right? So let's stop shouting at doors and start using keys. Let's stop shouting at doors and start using keys. Jesus says, I gave you the power to shut some things. Come on. And I gave you the power to open some things. The question for us today in this Pentecostal church is what have we been shouting over that we should have been saying stop or don't open? What have we been opening and what have we been closing? Do you know when you pray, you open and you close stuff? Do you know that when you live by faith, you open and you close things? Quit shouting and pleading the blood over certain things that you're supposed to be operating in by way of keys. Doors require keys. They don't require you to be born again. I'm a born again saint. Open. And the door's going to be like, no, use your key. Come on, say use your key. Use your key. We've been giving keys to the kingdom of God. But do we have a big fat keychain that we walk around with and shout over or do we use them? Let me ask you something. When's the last time that you've done something quite supernatural by way of love? You got to use the key, man. So this is powerful. I want to share this. Put that verse back up there again, Katie. I think it's verse 20. How many have ever heard this in church? Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. I'm trying to get a good preacher's voice. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Glory to God. And whatever you loose on earth. I just, man, if I can get a good African, I love to hear Africans preach. They don't even got to be talking about nothing. It's powerful. Seriously. Where's God love when I need him? He said, God love is American. Yep, that brother's American. He lost his accent. But watch this. Whatever you bind on earth... We'll be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, we'll be loose in heaven. That verse, in every translation I can find, other than the Amplified, is so far off wrong. It's saying this, that whatever I do on earth, heaven will respond to it. Wrong. I'm telling you, heaven is not responding per se to the... Earth does not dictate to heaven what to do. He didn't say, let it be in heaven as it is on earth. He said, let it be on earth as it what? Is in heaven. So this is the best translation for it. He says, when you go to bind something and when you go to loose something, watch this. You can't loose anything or bind anything on the earth that hadn't first been loosed or already bound in heaven. I'm going to just see law, pause calmly and think about what you just heard. I've heard people say crazy stuff in church. Lord, we right now, we bind the enemy. I've said that in church. (laughs) I've heard people say, Lord, we loose the Holy Ghost. My father-in-law was telling, preaching a sermon one time about, he said, I said, I'm loosing the Holy Ghost. Then he was said, I'm trying to figure out who's big enough to bind him up. Like, how would you loose the Holy Ghost? Right? But that preaches well, but it lives poor. It's quiet in this Baptist church. 
It preaches well, but it lives poorly. He said, if you really want to bind and loose from a kingdom perspective, let me and you recognize what has already been bound by heaven and what's already been loosed by heaven. And when you and I, by way of using our keys, can peer into this world and say, you know what? That doesn't have authority to live in the heavens. So by way of revelation, it doesn't have authority to do that on the earth. And then you can say, now that I can bind. And that I can lose, not because I'm a preacher, no, but because I'm a Christian and I got a revelation that was not heaven's best intention for me. Come on, dollar, back to the keys for me. Just play real quickly. Come on, stand to your feet with me, church. Everybody say this. Say I have keys. Say I have access. Come on, say I have authority. So when you and I recognize what the heavens are saying and what the heavens are doing. Because you know what all Jesus did for three and a half years of ministry? He recognized what the heavens were saying and doing, and he just did it. There was actually, how many people have ever thought this? I used to think this, that every time Jesus got around a sick person, he healed them. I thought that every time. Then you read the Bible. Truth is, he didn't do that. (laughs) Matter of fact, the first 30 years of his life, he never healed nobody. And after he was announced to Christ, he would walk up to a pool that was full of sick people and he healed one person and walked out and didn't feel bad about it. You know why? Because he saw the Father healing that one person. I love watching The Chosen because on The Chosen, there's, there's people with ailments that are around Jesus all the time. And he didn't just turn around and say, you can't be that way around me. But there is no person that ever came to Jesus that didn't get healed. He used his key all the time. I want you to know something. You don't have a keychain per se, but you have keys. I'm going to tell you one of those keys. One of those keys is tithing. How do I get, you know... My life is continually changing, but I've watched since May 5th, 2001, how tithing has continually enlarged my life. It's just one key. Prayer is a key. Literally, prayer is a key. Your worship is a key. Yeah, it's a key. There are keys, guys. There are keys. There's things that happen. You can do it on a regular basis if you find out what the, the door opens, not by shouting. The door opens by way of a key. Key. And for me and for our church, I just want you to know something, man. I want us to live the rest of this year as if God has given us keys. I'm tired of standing like, why won't this happen for me? Use your key. And if the key you have doesn't open the door, that door is not for you. When my wife and I served at the Gate Church, and when we went there, I don't remember, there was like 60-some keys at that church. It's crazy. It was mayhem. Finally, my father-in-law said, this, we got we to change it. And they went and made a master key that fit like every lock. Oh, that, that, this is beautiful. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and if you feel like you're standing in front of doors wanting stuff to happen and it's not happening, it doesn't always mean you're wrong. Maybe you don't have the key to that door. And maybe the father says, you know what? It's not time for that door to be open for you. 
Just maybe. Think about it. But what do you have that you're not currently using? I have on here a church key. I have on here storage unit keys. I have on here keys to metal storage units outside. I have on here the key to the mailbox outside the church. I have on here a house key for my house. And I have on here a house key to my office. If I approach the mailbox with the office key, even though it is a legitimate key, is the mailbox going to open? No. I believe some of us have keys. We've just been trying to put the wrong key in the wrong door. Listen. Listen. God, I feel it expressly in my heart, wants us to know I've given you something to use. I've given you access to all that I am. My God, I gave you the blood of my son. I gave you my word. I put my spirit in you, and I gave you the keys to my house. Do something with it. And here's my prayer this week, is that the Father would send people your way and my way that have some real-life issues, and you and I can just simply use the keys that we have and love on those people. Love is supernatural. I took, I'm going to share, uh, Derek, I'm going to share your story a little bit. I took Derek and Chris, Chris with me to Plano, Texas. And uh, even on the way there, you know, Chris was saying, well, my life changed so much since I met Josh and Lindsay. And, you know, we've been p- pushed and challenged. And Josh talks about just loving on people in the streets. And now I'm doing this stuff. It's really, really cool. So we get there. I preach a little bit. I just share on union. And then he says, I want you to pray for people. Will you pray for people? I said, yes. I said, we'll give every person a word that comes to the front. Here we go. Okay. So people come line up to the front. And I say, hey, Chris and Derek, come here. All right. So they come up there. And I say, I'm going to pray for these people. And after I do, I'm passing the mic down to y'all. Get ready. Get a, get a word. But brother, what if I don't feel a word? Look up here. And just operate. Galatians says, faith works through love. Look at that person out of love and say, what would a loving father tell them right now? I don't over-spiritualize. Derek literally said, I ain't never done nothing like this. You're going to do it tonight. <laughs> Approach the edge of that water. Poof. <laughs> Lead me to the rock, Lord, that's higher than I. Like. And I watched Derek, who at least proud of here, came from a Baptist church giving words to people for the first time (laughs) out of love well we had never met none of those people right same thing for Chris we never met none of those people and I watch people crying I watch people get ministered to what do we do we just use the key I don't feel like a prophet I don't even say that about myself but you know what God I'm going to use the key you gave me and just, and just gave a word to people. If the mad scientist can do it. That's who Derek is, by the way, the mad scientist. <laughs> Come on, put your hand over your heart. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you've given me keys. This week, show me the people that I'm supposed to love on. And let me be love. Let me walk in authority with the keys that you've given me. I'm going to be sensitive. I'm willing to step out in faith. Even if it looks risky, I'm willing to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.